1: Welcome to another episode of I Work With A Nightmare. Before we get into it, if you've worked with someone toxic and nightmarish, maybe we could share your story on the podcast. You'll be kept anonymous with names and identifying details changed. We'll even change your voice as well. If you're interested, feel free to get in touch. Even after doing that, there is no obligation to share. Just touch base and we'll see what we can do. You can send me a message via my website, samblacker.com or samblacker on Facebook or via my Instagram, I Work With A Nightmare. Now, time for another toxic coworker. We spend a lot of time with our coworkers. For many of us, it's more time than we spend with our actual friends and family. We work, chat, have lunch, and build connections together. And who can blame us? We have to form some kind of a bond with these people in our lives in order to work with them. But what if that co-worker you spend so much time with not only made it openly clear they didn't even want you there, but made it their mission to get rid of you? That's what happened to Rachel when she started her new job as an assistant to Sharon in her new industry of real estate. I'm Sam Blacker, and you're listening to I Work With A Nightmare.
0: changing fields because I didn't feel that my old field was really working for me so I entered into a new field and I did a bit of research into the field before I went there to make sure that it was what I was after.
1: After doing some research, Rachel started applying for jobs and quickly scored herself an interview.
0: My first interview with this company, uh, I was actually sitting down with the CEO and he said to me, "Um, how old are you? And uh, I gave him an answer, but after I gave him the answer, another woman looked at him and said, like, you you can't ask that, it's illegal. He said, no, no, it's fine, she won't tell anybody, which in hindsight is probably a great indicator that you should not work for a company like that.
1: Red flags aside, Rachel was off for the job, working as an assistant to Sharon.
0: The first two weeks, I followed around another another assistant to see what my role would be. Uh, and then part of my role is to compile a report and give it to her every day. And so I would do about seven of those reports a day. And everything was fine for the first couple of weeks. She'd actually done the same thing as me. So she transitioned from the same field into this field. And so I thought that we had a really good basis to start on.
1: While things didn't get bad immediately, there were some early warning signs.
0: So I was a little bit disappointed when she sort of seemed very standoffish and uninterested in getting to know me, but I figured that would come with time.
1: Now, this standoffishness was basically a general lack of civility.
0: She was rather cold, so... I'd come in and there'd be no good morning, there'd be no, you know, I'm grabbing a coffee, did you want anything? There was no offer to go to lunch, Um, there was no good night, there was no, you know, can I help you with anything? Which, given I was learning a role, um, was a bit frustrating.
1: But that lack of guidance and advice quickly developed into something even less helpful.
0: You're sitting there trying to wrap your head around this. And I would turn to her and I'd sort of say, can I grab some help with this? And she would say, well, I've already explained that to you. Or you should know this. Like I was just meant to pick this up.
1: This isn't a particularly helpful reaction. Most of us know what it's like to start a new job. Things don't just stick instantly. You may have to ask a couple of times. That's the process. So Rachel chalked all this down to a lack of awareness on Sharon's behalf. Unfortunately, it turned out no matter how hard she tried, Sharon wasn't ever going to be happy.
0: So I started to settle into the role and understand what I was doing. And after a couple of weeks I would give her the report and I would get feedback on it. And then after a while, when I got everything, she would go out of her way to criticise something and I would fix that. And I would fixed it wrong. If you're not quite
1: following, here's an example of what was starting to happen.
0: So, for example, she would tell me in one report, you need to check on the shower and make sure that the shower is clean. So I would go and check on the shower and I'd know that the shower is clean. And then I would give her the report back. And she would tell me, you don't need to go into such detail. I don't need to know about the condition of the shower. And also you're taking too long.
1: This might be sounding a bit familiar to a lot of us. It's goalpost shifting. Telling someone to do something, then getting angry at them for doing it. It leaves you insecure, uncertain, and can absolutely destroy your confidence. But Sharon didn't stop there. She was just getting started.
0: The next step in everything was that situations outside of my control would then start to be criticized.
1: How can you do that, you might be asking? Well, Sharon found a way.
0: So, obviously, in real estate, you have to travel from one location to another. And I would start to receive calls after probably, if I had six houses, after two houses, so a third of that time, she would start calling me and asking me where I am. And I would say, you know, I am come from this house, I'm going to this house, you know, there's traffic. And she would tell me that I'm not being fast enough And it's not good enough.
1: On top of this, by now, that standoffish Rachel had noticed at the start had become straight-out rude.
0: I would start to try and open up conversations with her and be like, you know, do you have kids? Are you married? And she would just be like, that's not of good business. Which, you know, is is hard when you're sort of trying to fit into a new place.
1: These microaggressions continued in a variety of ways, all targeted at breaking Rachel down.
0: And it's a thing I still do, I would try and get everything off my desk. And she knew that that was what I liked to do. So in the morning I would come through and there would be three piles covering my desk. And it wasn't because there was like, a needs to be done, done, you know, needs to be followed up. It was just that she felt like putting everything in three piles.
1: It was at this point that Rachel was faced with the reality of her situation.
0: As time went on, it just became more and more obvious that she was actively looking for things wrong with me on a personal level and in general.
1: Rachel couldn't understand why this was happening. She was pleasant, she worked hard, but she just couldn't win Sharon over. Then she had a conversation with one of the other girls in the office and things became abundantly apparent.
0: After about a month... The receptionist said, I'm surprised that you are working here. She made it very clear that she did not want an assistant.
1: Just like that, Sharon's intentions were completely clear.
0: That was when I started to realise that she talked to the bosses and told them that she didn't want an assistant. They told her that she had to have one. And so what she was attempting to do was make me wrong for the role so that she could then go back and say, well, I didn't need an assistant. You gave me an assistant and she was useless.
1: Unfortunately, this realisation didn't actually help Rachel's situation and things were getting worse.
0: I would answer calls and she would tell me that my tone wasn't right and she would take over the call.
1: This is an exclusion tactic with the goal of keeping someone out of the loop so they can't do their job. And Sharon used it relentlessly.
0: It became very clear that everything that I did she was expecting to be included on and then everything that she did I was excluded on.
1: Of course this caused issues, but as Sharon had planned, the blame was directed at Rachel.
0: So a lot of the time people would be calling me, asking me about things that they'd reported to me and I had no answer for them because she refused to tell me anything about it. So... I would pick up a phone call and I would say, I would get back to you. And then I would hang up the call and I would ask her and she would say, don't worry about it. I will talk to them. You should have known what was going on.
1: All the while, that unspoken hostility lay under the surface until it finally exploded.
0: There was one day where she called me and I was on the road and she called me and said, you know, where are you? And I was like, look, I'm, I'm driving. Um, I'm going as fast as I can. There's been an accident and she ended up just screaming at me about the fact that I was incompetent and useless and she should just be doing this to herself.
1: She was in a hostile environment, being manipulated and sabotaged by someone who didn't want her there. And this began to take its toll on
0: Rachel. I needed this job. I had lost all my funds and I had to keep sticking in there and I could feel myself slowly losing my sense of identity. I was investing more and more of myself into my work. And the more I was criticised, the more I was trying to be anticipating her needs. And the more that I did that, the more that she resented me. So it was this really horrible cycle.
1: And while Sharon wasn't the boss of the company, the actual boss wasn't much help. Remember the guy who apparently asked an inappropriate question at the job interview? Well, this was his response to the problem of Sharon.
0: The director actually pulled me into a meeting and sort of said, you know, what are you doing wrong? Why aren't, Why isn't she happy with you? And I didn't have an answer for that. Um, you know, I couldn't explain why I wasn't good enough.
1: Rachel was in emotional distress, feeling trapped and insecure. So, of course, she eventually reached her breaking point Unfortunately for her, Sharon didn't care.
0: I ended up going into the bathroom and having a cry. And the problem with doing that is she sits outside the bathroom. So she heard me crying for 20 minutes after this meeting. And I walked out and she just went, are you done? Sharon's behavior wasn't
1: going unnoticed. But as Rachel quickly discovered, many co-workers become bystanders in this sort of toxic destruction.
0: It was almost made worse by the fact that everyone around me knew that it was awful. And she was being awful to me. And none of them would say or do anything. There was a real culture there of just letting her be terrible to me. And nobody stepped in and said anything to her or to the director. They just sort of told me that they felt sorry for me.
1: After enduring confidence-destroying hostility, microaggressions and manipulation, the company rewarded Rachel with the ultimate slap in the face.
0: Because I was coming up to the end of my probation and there was sort of a a kick in there that if I was... I'm more permanent and not only am I more... I'm harder to get rid of, um, but also, you know, there's, there's more concessions there. So I had a conversation with them and they let
1: me go. As is often the case, the nightmare was given what she wanted and the victim was given literally nothing. But one year on, Rachel would discover that despite being rid of her, Sharon had continued that similar behaviour well after she was gone.
0: I ran into one of the girls, um, since then, and she ended up with someone... She actually ended up with three other assistants, um... She just kept cycling through them. Apparently, it didn't matter who they were. They Some of them were really nice. Some of them, you know, were very professional and she just kept chewing them up and spitting them out.
1: But there is some positivity. Rachel was left with no income, but she managed to get back on her feet.
0: I changed career paths again. Um, so I definitely, you know, my advice to anybody considering changing career path is don't let a bad experience stop you. I am... Um, very lucky. I have a wonderful job and a wonderful team and a wonderful boss. Um, you know, I, I honestly couldn't be happier with
1: my job. The hostile nightmares like Sharon can be especially hard to come to grips with, particularly because their individual actions may not sound horrifically bad on their own, but put them together and that hostility, exclusion and abuse can be absolutely soul crushing. Rachel was lucky in a way. The company ended at for her. Unfortunately, many of us feel trapped into staying and that damage can continue for much longer. I know this might seem a bit strange to say, but if you enjoyed this story or any of the other stories I've shared on I Work With A Nightmare, I'd love it if you could give the show a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcast sharing apps. Or you could give it a share on social media. The more we spread the word, the more people will feel inclined to share their stories and we'll have even more for the podcast. I'll be back in two weeks' time with another story. Until then, good luck at work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus,